honest, uninhibited, and edgy conversation about that topic that men and women think about several times every day. This is Denitza After Dark, iHub Radio's sensual, frisky, and transformational forum for all things love, sex, and relationships. Live from Palm Springs, here's Denitza. Okay, here we go. We're gonna we're gonna continue with these questions, and I have to read them. <laughs> They're very informative, <laughs> if you say so. <coughs> They're uh, important to our listeners. Alexandra. They are important to their yes. I just don't know why you can't just say. <laughs> okay, next question is: uh, Does penis size get impacted with masturbation? <laughs> so, <clears throat> just in case my. You know, the audience didn't hear it adequately because you kind of rushed through it again. Was does penis size get impacted by masturbation? Yes. Hmm. That's a really good question. Well, you know, penis size is a, is a major concern, major concern for many, many men. And having a small penis might affect, you know, these men's self-confidence. And, uh, you know, when you have a lack of self-confidence, it actually leads to feelings of anxiety. And nobody wants to feel anxious when it comes to... Uh, a body part right. and unfortunately we uh, we equivalent the body part uh, performance to the size for some weird reason we think okay but if the man has a, a larger penis he must be amazing in bed and that's not always the case you know, good things come in little packages as well I think so right <laughs> thank you thank you Alexandra <laughs> thank you for giving us that that dose of knowledge Okay, but there are um, but there are some myths regarding masturbation, and the idea that um, that a man's penis can become bigger through masturbation. Mm. That's weird. Why do you think that's weird? Yeah, mm. <laughs> I said it. Just go ahead and keep going. Well, you thought that was weird. So. Well, it's weird. I mean, it's like how can I don't know that that's where like saying pulling on your hair makes your hair grow longer. I mean, that's weird. Well, okay, there there may be some truth to that. Um, there's no real scientific evidence that says that masturbation has a permanent, now let's stress, permanent effect on penis size. Okay, that's, There's no scientific evidence. They, they haven't been able to prove that. But masturbation does lead to an erection that it increases the size of the penis, but it's only for temporary, let me stress, temporary. Okay. So it's not really going to be Long, you're having all that extra blood flow in the penis while your ma- while, while the male is masturbating. So of course it's going to get bigger, but it's only temporarily until ejaculation, and then the penis returns to normal size. For that person. For that person, right? And you know, penis size is mostly a result of uh, genetics, and so the penis grows throughout puberty and sometimes a little, maybe two to three years after that. But for the most part, the penis will stop growing around the ages of 18 or 19. So usually around 18 or 19, whatever size your penis is, it's more than likely going to stay that way. So all of these mechanisms that they sell and all that? Uh, well, uh, they claim to work. Okay. You know, the, these mechanisms that claim to work. No scientific there, proof. There really isn't any scientific proof. Uh, what what, ha- what does... The major factor of a, of a penis growth, especially during puberty, is testosterone. The more testosterone you have in your 
body as a male, the more likely you will have a bigger penis. And, and again, that's all genetically based. Uh, and, and testosterone levels vary through masturbation. That's why this myth is so compelling because you think, okay, well, he do masturbating my the blood flow is going through my organ and then it's appearing bigger but yes the testosterone is going into your organ but again it's only temporarily so it's a catch-22 you're going to continuously hit that same wall because it's only temporary so let's talk a crazy obsession that's it, it, it is but you know maybe you know you you know for instance i have clients who their girlfriend or partner has said, hey, you know what, uh, is there anything we can do to increase the size of your, of your penis? And you talk about... Is that the wrong question? It is a wrong question. That's right? that's so sad because... Um, but but again, a lot of men do it for women too. Like, oh, God, I wish you had bigger breasts. Mm. But she can do something about that. She can go have silicone or implants put in where with the penis, they say you could have like a... Uh, uh, surgical procedures, but again, mm-hmm. um, there was a there was a study in 2019, and they assessed 21 different methods to increase penis size over a thousand men. So they had a really good pool mm-hmm. uh, to do this survey, and the study included both surgical and non-surgical options, and they still had very little evidence proving that these methods work. And companies are out there selling lotions and ointments and products to increase penis sizes. And again, there's still little evidence. Now, do I think that, you know, they all can't be wrong? Maybe you can get an e- um, have the appearance of an elongated penis or maybe a, a penis with a little bit more girth. Yes, but even with surgery, um, th- that can be a delicate issue as well because what happens in surgery when you want um, um, a, a larger penis is the surgeons are taking uh, fat from other tissues and inserting them into the penis, mm. okay? And some of these surgeries have led to other complications as well as sexual dysfunctionalness. Well, that was my question. They're, ha- they're doing these surgeries for a reason and the reason may not really be it because they're, they're trying to make themselves bigger, but in reality, they should just make themselves a better lover. I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that because again, we all know as women, women do not have their best orgasms with penetration. It's usually oral sex or finger stimulation. So again, but but again, you have some male bravado. Mm-hmm. You have some machismo depending on cultures. So you know, maybe to them, it's more of a confidence enhancer for mm-hmm. them. Um, and, and, you know, th- there's been some suggestions on how do you make your penis appear larger? Well, you lose weight as a male. Because if you're a heavier man and you're, I mean, obviously it's not proportioned. Right. You're going to appear smaller. Um, maybe shaving your pubic hair area. So then that way it's not covered with all the pubic hair. You know, trim that thing. Nobody wants to go into the jungle. Men, please, please hear me. Please hear me on this one. <laughs> Women do not like the jungle. We are not in Costa Rica. Okay? <laughs> we do not want to be treading through the jungle. Okay? Shave it, clean it up, trim it down, whatever. Make it look, you know, nice and tidy. <laughs> nice and tidy, men. Please. If you learn anything this evening, please trim that thing. 
We don't need to be going through him with a machete. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> it's not cute. It's not cute. And then you know, and then on the, on the other side, you know, maintain good physical fitness. Maybe if your penis isn't the appropriate size per you or your partner, but your glutes are like a six pack, and you've got muscles bulging at every other area, I don't really think she's gonna care about your penis size. Get down there, do the work, give her some oral stimulation, you know, some clitoris stimulation. They should be really happy with the way you're the eye candy and your fingers and your tongue. It's amazing. Right, Alexandra? You're the expert. I know. Thank you. I'll, <laughs> I'll take that as you agreed. Now, there are some things that are going to make a man's penis look smaller. When a man is cold, it'll, it'll have a way of, of, of shrinking in size. They're cold. I get it. Warm it up. No, warm it up. So again, it, and it doesn't mean that it's not going to perform. And I think that that's the major gist of this conversation. And, and to our audience member, you can masturbate and masturbate and masturbate. And, and that's great. You're revving it up for your significant other. But don't lose sight of the good stuff. And the good stuff is, is to have that loving relationship, to have that person in sync with you, to have um, the the good sex and the the communication and the stroking and the loving and the rambunctiousness and the honesty and everything else that goes with it Mm -hmm. so you can incorporate that into the bedroom because there's a there's a lot of myths out there regarding masturbation have you heard any myths alex about masturbation no you've heard no can you say the word masturbation i did when i read the question we're back to spooning (laughs) can you say spooning Spooning. Wow. Okay, thank you. Okay, so what, obviously, this person um, is, has a hang-up about their size. And, mm-hmm. and I remember you, you told me about one of your clients mm-hmm. also got told that they were too small. How do you reply to that? Do, you know, you, there's somebody out there that's being told that. And, and do you believe they won't get told that if they're a better lover? That that won't even be an issue, so... I think once you put that in a man's head, it stays there forever. The, so the, to the women, be careful. Don't say that. Yeah, you, we have to be very careful. You know, it's a very sensitive topic. Just like for certain women who are who have, are not as uh, fully heavy. cupped, you know, <laughs> yeah. fully cupped, and uh, who go out there and have you know those implants done because they don't want to be on the flatter side. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they see these commercials with the women with the implants and they see men who, you know, maybe are breast lovers and are more engaged with that area of the body than making eye contact. Mm-hmm. But so so it affects them as well. That I mean, plastic surgery is huge, especially here in the desert. And, uh, you know, m- men are just as guilty of it. They're just mm-hmm. as guilty. You know, they, they, they're taking, I mean, the Viagra companies are making money hand over fist right. in regards to making sure that they have a, an erection later on in life. And I mm-hmm. think it's really important that, that they understand that these drugs will only help for a limited amount of time. You know, uh, penis pumps that draws the blood into the penis and causes it to swell so they can appear to have an erection. Um, those... I mean, those have been on the market for quite some time. I have clients who have had them inserted and wives are very happy about it because they were having some sexual dysfunctions and, or erectile dif- dysfunction. And unfortunately, uh, it was impacting their sex life. And mm. 
And so they're trying to use any type of of a mechanism to incorporate that and you got to hand it to them you know if there's a problem find the solution don't just sit back and watch your sex life dwindle away because then they're out there yeah there's there's plenty of things you can try but getting back to the listener's question is i, I just want that a gentleman who has ever been told that they have a small penis to really look at the source was that person saying it in true anger because that's not something you're going to say to your partner that that you're in love with right that's not something you're going to say to your partner that you have some type of affection for that's that's something you're going to those are attacking words Mm -hmm. and so you have to kind of consider the source and say that came from a place of anger and i'm not going to entertain that thought I'm not going to let one person on this planet ruin my sex life or make me question my sex life or my my body parts because they want to hurt me. That's that's not fair, and I'm not going to address that or entertain it. And that's what they think or what they say. I'm sorry. Is that what they think or what they say? That would be my advice to this listener. You don't you don't let anyone tell you you're not sexy enough or you're not beautiful enough or that you're not big enough. Big to who? To that individual who wants to hurt you, mm, not so much. Central to the naughty. This is tantalizing conversation about humans' favorite pastime. iHub Radio presents Denitza After Dark. Well, I think here we are, Alexandra, and we're we are learning so much tonight, and hopefully answering all the questions that uh, are coming our way. I know that we're getting a lot of phone calls in tonight in regards to uh, answering questions. Yeah, but, and uh, we'll we'll check those voicemails and and address those questions if you want to leave your questions, but we'd prefer to receive them via um, email and text. It's easier. Right. I think eventually we'll try to have a caller on here and there, but uh, right now I think it's a, it's a good take on the emails. Plus we're so behind on addressing all these questions. Yes. So, um, But again, we, we'd love to hear from you and uh, you can reach us at 760-544-TALK. That would be 8255. And you can also via text 760-699-0202. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So please do not hesitate to reach out to us. Um, so what's our next question, Alex? Okay, next one is, <clears throat> um, why are orgasms good for you? Mm. Wow, that's a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> Should I go down the list? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> they're they're good for everyone. So, um, again, you know, orgasms. Uh, first of all, it's it's. Let, let's start from the very very basic. Uh, it really, 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 really reinforces pair bonding. When you have two people who are in love and they're orgasmic, um, the connection that they make, both in and out of bed is intense. You're constantly becoming a team again. 
because when you don't have the orgasms, there's, there's, there's so much to be said about the disconnect Hmm. and orgasms. A lot of times is a lot of getting outside of your head, you know, allowing yourself to enjoy that experience, allowing yourself to be in that moment. So, um, again, a healthy relationship, how many, how many times, how many orgasms do you think people have in a year in a healthy relationship? In a year? In a year. A hundred. Two hundred. Two hundred. You should have two hundred orgasms in a year if you're in a, hel- in a healthy relationship. That's a lot. That is, is it really? Think I, about that. <laughs> There's 30 days a month. Right. Say you have it twice a week, three times a week. Do the math. No, you're the math was. Okay, so I mean, I'll, I'll get those numbers back to you, but uh, I don't know it off the top of my head. But uh, very important. Very, very important. I mean, 200 is, is a healthy relationship. Anything less than that, not so much. Um, but I'm going to give you the, the, the doctor perspective on why orgasms are uh, really good for you, especially if, uh, if you're suffering from any of these ailments. Uh, one would be insomnia. Insomnia um, is when you're not getting enough sleep. And when you have an orgasm, your brain gets flooded with, um, you know, what we like to call oxytocin. And it's that feel good hormone that keeps you that that keeps you happy and helps you get to sleep. And uh, once you have that enticing orgasm, you go into a dreamland state and it's that extra push to put you to sleep. So um, for women, uh, I I, I don't know the research behind this, but I think I'm going to ask my own uh, you know, general doctor here in the mm-hmm. desert, because it says women produce more oxytocin than men. So am I assuming that men suffer from insomnia more? I don't know, but I'm going to research that. Mm-hmm. And I'll have to bring that to the next to the next segment. But my goal is to have everyone have these orgasms, you know, sex positivity, you know, have this you go, you go to make love to your partner, the end result should be orgasmic, um, you're going to sleep better. Let the oxytocin kick in, you know, learn to relax, learn to get outside of your head so you can enjoy the moment and enjoy the experience. So it helps with insomnia. It also helps a woman who is dealing with menstrual cramps because menstrual cramps are very, very uncomfortable. And so these endorphins that you kick in when you have an orgasm have a a pain relieving effect. So you're going to be less, uh, uh, it's going to be less painful for you. It's going to be very, very less painful for you. Also, orgasms lessen headaches. So if you're having all these migraines, we're talking about endorphins again. Those endorphins will not only kill your cramps, but they'll alleviate your headache. <laughs> okay? So there's a two for one. No cramps and a headache. But the one, one of the main components that I thought was hysterical when I was researching this was orgasms will stop your hiccups. Your hiccups. Your hiccups. Can you imagine that? I can <laughs> because your 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 vagus nerve is where you generate these hiccups. So it runs down from your brain to your stomach. So if you can you throw can. in an orgasm in the middle of this, it can cure your hiccups. So next time somebody has the hiccups, because everybody says, "Oh my god, I have the hiccups," you're like, "You need an orgasm." <laughs> Right. So next time I'm anywhere and they're like, hiccup, hiccup, hiccup. Um, I'm like, you need an orgasm. 
<laughs> and no offense, but my son is renowned for getting hiccups. I'm like, hmm, you haven't had an orgasm lately. You need to have an orgasm. Oh my God, only you. Only But you. it's so true. It's very important. So um, next time you are around somebody with a hiccup, just or it's your partner, just go, oh, that's a, see, that's a little foreplay right there, right, Alexandra? A little foreplay. Right. Got the hiccups. Ooh, <laughs> sexy. <laughs> that is amazing. By the way, 200 orgasms. 200? That's one, like, one every other day. From your mouth to our audience ears, <laughs> please pay attention. That is the best thing you've said all night. Thank you, Alex. That's so good. Reaffirming. So one every other day. And you're not going to get the hiccups. It's a w- and no menstrual cramps, you'll sleep better and no headaches. It's a win-win for everyone. Getting your erotic on. Frank conversation that is 100% sex positive with Dr. Denitza Borges. She has no hang-ups, so feel free to jump in and get frisky. Call 760-544-8255. That's 760-544-TALK. It's your kind of party line on iHub Radio's Denitza After Dark. You can also text the show, 760-699-0202. That's 760-699-0202 for texting. Now, here's Denitza. Okay. On to the next question. <laughs> I know this is your favorite part of the show, Alexandra. Reading questions? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so the next question um, comes from a uh, male. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if their partner is male or female, but here's their question um, How do I get my partner to try anal sex? Ah, anal sex. Mm. Yeah, that is the. That can be a taboo for many, many people. Mm-hmm. You know, some people don't even like discussing it, let alone even addressing it or thinking it can be something that they would like to include in their uh, sexual repertoire. Mm-hmm. So um, does anal sex hurt? It can. But can anal sex be pleasurable? Potentially. <laughs> but you need to approach it with um, a lot of sensitivity both the receiver and the giver of anal sex. So, you know, just generally speaking, talking about anal stimulation and anal sex can be um, can be a, a very sticky conversation, but it's a conversation that really needs to be had because uh, one thing about anal sex, um, the underlying tone is trust. Okay. You've got to be able to trust your partner indefinitely to try this sexual position. Yeah. Okay. Um, because some uh, some partners won't even entertain it. I mean, they just won't. I have clients who are like, that is, that is not even on the table. Not ever going to happen. Don't even think about it. I don't know if you know of anyone like that. But I do. I so do. I have a good friend that's just not on the table. But it's exactly what you said. It, there's a trust issue. Right. There's def, it's, anal sex is about a, a lot of it. The undertone notion is it's very much about trust and being able to, uh, to trust that person completely. Um, but again, it goes back to the communication. And I think you need to ask either directly, um, you need to maybe discuss it maybe 
before you're even in the bedroom. Some people discuss it um, just at regular dinner. Like, was this something that you would even consider? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to have the conversation. Some other people will maybe want um, to discuss it during foreplay. Like, but I, I personally think if you're discussing it during foreplay, it's either going to go really well mm-hmm. or really bad. So it should be a discussion that you have outside of the bedroom. Sometimes um, clients come to me and we're discussing it in front of a therapist because. Yeah, I, I would go with that rather than at dinner. And there you have it. Having dinner with Dr. Borges <laughs> is very interesting, very quick. And okay, so, um, you know, some people have uh, have said, oh, I, I emailed her or I texted him. I'm like, whoa, 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 very impersonal. You know, this is something that's got to be done differently. Um, but one of, it, one, one of the, the positions that it's, it gravitates towards is, again, spooning. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you are in that position to be able to do anal sex and uh, in, in the most relaxed position. I mean, there's ways of doing you know, anal sex in different positions, but uh, the most relaxed because you're rubbing up against each other. Um, but remember, there's there's no shortcuts to this. The communication um, has to be there. And it's a honest talk. Hmm. Can you can we do this? Can you see yourself being in that position? Is that um, an entryway that you would find taboo? Because some people do. Some cultures do. So um, if you have this conversation and your partner is saying, yes, um, I'm open minded to it, then there's ways to make it better for both of you. Um, The person who is receiving the anal sex is pretty much kind of in the driver's seat. They control the speed. They're doing some talking and the person who is penetrating your anal has to be listening. If it's too forceful, if it's too aggressive, they have to be listening so they can tone it down a bit. Maybe they need to um, exit you because you're not feeling comfortable after all. You you engaged, but then you realized, no, this is it for me or uh, it's too painful and it has to be. Maybe you need more lube. Now, lube is a big factor in anal sex. Not saying that everybody uses it, but I'm just saying it's a big factor. Um, Uber. I'm sorry? Uber Lube. Uber Lube. <laughs> it got delivered by the Uber driver. <laughs> okay, and, and just know that, you know, this sexual position is not created equally. So um, the receiver should be able to take more control. If you're finding that the giver is taking more control um, and this is you're just new into this. I mean, this is not something you've done many, many times. Um, you may want to have a much more meaningful discussion. If it's something you've been doing for a while and the giver is more aggressive then, and you're liking it, then you're beginning to be more relaxed in that position and also the thought process. A lot of times people say anal sex and just because you, you correlate that with your bowel movements, that they're like, no, 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 I could never see something inserted inside of me because, you know, I pass poop. <laughs> okay. But that, but, but again, it's, not, it's just another sexual organ that can be pleasurable. Um, we talked a little bit about lube. Lube is really important with anal sex. Uh, the more moisturizer you have, 
in that area, the easier for penetration and the less painful that the, the, the receiver will feel. And I think that's really important. You don't want your partner to feel pain. This is supposed to be a sexual um, erotic and exotic zone. So you want to be able to make sure that the person that you're being intimate with is receiving that type of pain and that you're exploring this together. And, and, that's, it's, it, and it's important that this is something you're doing together. It's not one having dominance over the other, unless you're into that and you've had that type of discussion as well. Um, condoms. Condoms are great for oral, for um, anal sex. It enhances the sexual safety because I'm very big on sexual safety, sexual positivity. So these condoms make for better sex because they're smoother and they respond to the lube better than skin does. When you have skin on skin, you're going to have that friction. There could be some tearing. But if you have um, the lube and then the condom in, it's going to be a gentler insertion into the anus. So quiet over there again, <laughs> Alexandra. Should we go on to the next question or we have more on this? No, we still have a little bit oh, more. Okay. You know, we're not done with anal sex. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> another thing about anal sex is you may want to incorporate toys. I mean, there's definitely vibrating prostate massagers. And uh, maybe um, for you to, once you're a little bit more comfortable, they have different sizes. Maybe at the beginning, there's the insertion of the massager and not the penis or a finger. So it's just very important that uh, whatever you feel comfortable with, whether it's the massager, the finger, the penis. I just want you to know that, um, that during this, a female can still... um, definitely you know take control of her, uh, of her body organs as well and uh, use a vibrator for her clitoris to enhance you know that orgasm or uh, use um, a, a vibrator for maybe you know stimulating him as well okay so you just never really want to take anything off the table but I do think that uh, people forget and I've had this with some of my clients is it's really really important that once you have this anal sex that um, you wash up or you or if you decide okay I'm going to have anal sex and then I want to you know penetrate if you're in a heterosexual relationship and you want to penetrate her vaginally please take off that condom don't use the same condom you're going to give her an infection you know there's a high risk of her you know getting something or um uh, not necessarily a possible STD, possible yeast infection. So again, cleanliness is as utmost importance and sexual safety is uh, imperative. So you want to be able to take that condom off and research a new clean condom. Okay, that's very important because some, and then you're in the heat of the moment. Remember this. So mm-hmm. it's not really sexy to say, oh, hold on a second. Let me take this condom out and let me penetrate you vaginally and put the new condom on but it's very very necessary um, because you don't want to put uh, um, your penis in a different uh, or orifice and 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 get that dirty and yucky because remember you know poop comes out of the anus and you just never know okay okay wow okay Alexandra 
this has been a very, very difficult day for my producer. <laughs> you know, she's having a hard time saying anal sex. We, we talked a little bit about orgasm, masturbation, and penis size, missionary positions. It, she just seems very flustered this evening. No, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we're addressing the questions because that's, you know, we, we do get uh, some resends on are you ever going to address my question or anything like that. So I'm glad we're addressing our listeners. And, and I just want to thank the listeners, too, for, for asking these questions because it's really important that... Uh, that my producer one is hysterical while she's asking these questions and, and you're taking her out of her comfort zone as well. But also, yes, we're all here to learn something today, Alexandra. We're all here to learn. You know, be open-minded. I don't know if this was in my contract. <laughs> Probably not. But um, and, and it's really important that these questions are asked because I can guarantee you these are not the first times I've ever heard these questions. And I can guarantee you that I get so many of my clients or people calling me on the phone to set up to set up meetings with me who are asking me these exact same questions. So luckily for us, this is this show is uh, globally, correct? Yes, it's global. And so I know there's somewhere around the world or in a different state, different country that has the exact same questions, but maybe isn't going in to speak to a therapist or isn't comfortable talking to friends or family regarding the situation and they can hear this show and get some information and uh, hopefully get some laughs in between and and uh, we're all the more better for it and get good information get positive information very positive and and uh, again not making um there's no shame or embarrassment because of a anal sex question or a masturbation question or a penis size question it's just questions about sexuality in all its different forms and good, bad, or indifferent that we can address them as a mature society and uh, culture and give out as much information that we possibly can. And, and, and I am noticing that the questions for people that do include their age, again, you don't have to. Um, they're coming in from, from quite a, a different uh, span of, of age group. So mm. it's, it's, it's kind of cool to see that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're looking forward to all your questions. Please don't hesitate. Um, don't think any question is, is off the table because it's not here at uh, Tanitza After Dark. more than pillow talk and we go way beyond the big o radio that will bring you to the edge and over denitza after dark on ihub radio here's dr denitza borges wow gosh alexandra this uh this time slot has really went by very quickly i like i really enjoy answering the the questions i love my guests and uh, i miss them tonight but i knew we had to take some time to uh, address these questions so we i'm did. very happy we did. 
Okay, as uh, like I said in the earlier segment, we we get questions from all ages, and this one is actually from a very young person, um, and uh, and her question is if she um, gives a blowjob, mm-hmm. um, can she still technically consider herself a virgin? Really? <laughs> she gave a blowjob to her boyfriend. But is she still a virgin? Wow, wow. Well, let's see. There was no, uh, in the technical a, sense. I don't know if that's a doctor question. In a technical sense, she would still be a virgin because there was no penetration. Okay. But now that she has seen the penis, I don't know. <laughs> the, being divergenized doesn't mean you saw the penis or you sucked on it. I would say she's still a virgin. What do you think? I mean, being raised Catholic, I would I have oh to agree with you. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so in the Catholicism religion, <laughs> it has to be penetration. So <laughs> sucking and seeing doesn't count as being a, being diversionized. Yes. Stroking, sucking, and seeing. Aw, all S's. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so let's take it to a different level. Oh, of course. What if he finger banged her? And we brought religion back. Okay, so <laughs> if he finger banged her, would she still be a virgin because it wasn't a penis penetrating? Uh, we're getting into so let's even take it further. Oh my God, this is such a wonderful segment. So what if you're a lesbian and never had a penis penetration and you've only been penetrated by fingers and a tongue and oral sex? So would you still be a virgin? I say no. You okay? Why is that a no for you? Why would that be a no for you? Why are you putting me on the spot? Why would that be a no? Because you've been because penetrated you, by your finger. Just because there's penetration. There's penetration of a finger, but if her boyfriend penetrated her, then it wouldn't be. She would still be a virgin. No, 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 no she wouldn't. Okay, so you're consistent that if a finger enters you, mm. then it's de-virginized. I think if anything. Even like a dildo? <gasps> if a vibrator went inside your body, then you would be diverginized. I believe so. Hmm. Interesting question. Okay. So, let's take it from a male perspective. If the male used a sexual prostate massager and had anal sex firsthand before he had sex with a male or a female, would he still be a virgin? No. No. So anything that is penetrating uh, part of the body, you would say divergenized. Yes. Hmm. That's interesting. So it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a person. You're asking me? Yeah. I'm just, I'm like, yes. I'm throwing it out to the audience because I would love to get some feedback on this. If it's not a person and it's finger penetration or a vibrator or a massage, uh, you know, a prostate massager, you, you know, you would, you, uh, as my producer would think it was being divergenized. Correct. Me, I think you need a body there. Well, but that's, so... A male can stay a virgin longer than the female. Isn't that interesting? That's a very interesting way to look at it. Yes. I think. uh, I disagree. 
Okay, but but you you disagree that you need another person. You need a yeah. person there. Okay, virtual reality. Same, same answer. So they get off and have an orgasm through a virtual reality. They're no longer okay. So it's being divergentized because you, as a male, because you had an orgasm, you ejaculated. I would almost say yes. Okay, but if you're a woman and it's harder for women to have an orgasm through penetration, she's still a virgin because she didn't have an orgasm. Well, but that's not why are you shortchanging <laughs> us women, Alexandra? <laughs> no, that's not. Damn it! I want the <laughs> orgasm. I'm still a virgin if I don't get an orgasm. I think that would be an amazing concept. Father, I have sinned. He penetrated me, but I didn't have an orgasm, so I'm still a virgin. Well, okay, let's write to the Vatican. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's really interesting. Okay, this this young lady gave her boyfriend a blowjob. And she's wondering if she's still a virgin. Well, if he didn't penetrate her, I would say she is. I would say she is. He's not. He's not. But she is. He wasn't in her vagina. He was in her mouth. Did he come in her mouth? I don't know. We didn't get that information. No, we didn't. No. He didn't? You talked to the person? No, no, no. We didn't get that information. Right. I mean, we don't know. What if he didn't have an orgasm? And does her mouth constitute divergentizing? I don't think so. I think you, I, I, I'd like to say that if both of them haven't had a vaginal or anal sex, that um, still on the table. Maybe they're just newbies to the whole game and, you know, backseat of a car or a park or wherever else they had it. So then the previous mentioned lesbian is forever well if you look at it through penetration of only a finger <laughs> i don't think i don't think uh, divergentizing is only about the physical body part of it i think it, there's more to it i think there's i think there, a part of it has to do with the connection and it's here not, i thought was a simple question <laughs> i'm like let me throw there in a simple no, question at there the are end. no simple <laughs> questions this was actually the most complex it was actually wasn't yeah, it yeah. the other one was pretty cut and dry but this one's like <gasps> blowjob does that mean being divergentized does sucking swallowing seeing is all of that mean you're not a virgin i don't know i don't think so I don't know. Sounds kind of one-sided if she lost her virginity and he got all the pleasure. That's so sad. <laughs> hmm. But, you know, I, you know, now that we're wrapping up the show, I, I wanted to kind of you know, talk to our, our listeners a bit and say, hmm, I wondered about this. So you know, should, should your prenup include a sex contract? What do you think, Alex? Should, it, should prenups include sex contracts nowadays? Yes. I totally agree. I think I'd want that in my in, in my sex contract. Yeah, I want prenup. it on my prenup. <laughs> I want my prenup slash sex contract to include sex on a umpty 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 basis. Oh, that detail. Oh uh, yes, sex should be very detail oriented, <laughs> Alexandra. Okay, for our listeners, think about that and uh, give us a call in and uh, email us or text us and at iHub Radio five four four eight two five five. Um, Texas at 760-699-0202 and we're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We'd love to know you your take on this question. And next week's show is going to be amazing. 
yeah, next week is going to be a hell of a good show. We're, we got some good guests coming up in the next month. and uh, yeah. Saturdays, it, it, 8 to 10. Saturdays from 8 to 10. Uh, we're here uh, every Saturday. 